On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're getting in the thick of, well, space in Armando Iannucci's sci-fi comedy Avenue 5, being our best selves with season two of Hulu comedy Shrill, and dusting off that old black magic in season three of Netflix's Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Plus, we've finally seen Star Trek Picard, but we're not actually allowed to talk about it. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, a show that would love to tell you all about Amazon's new series based on the twilight years of one Jean-Luc Picard, but we can't, because the embargo isn't up until later this week, a fact I can't help but feel Picard himself would take a rather dim view of. With the first link, the chain is forged. The first speech censured, the first thought forbidden, the first freedom denied, chains us all irrevocably. So, we'll be doing a slightly belated review of the show next week and will not in any way express anything that can be considered a review ahead of that time in keeping with the legally binding embargo that we signed. Excellent. So, joining me on the show this week are my two co-hosts who make up a welcome return to form for a beloved TV icon. First up, a man who, freed of the shackles of traditional network TV, is able to explore his character with fewer creative restrictions. And while he's been off the podcast for 17 years, he returns to us as if he's never been away, reinvigorated by cinematic production values and great performances. It's Boyd Hilton. How are you, Boyd? This is very good. Um, didn't people tweet? We went to the premiere. You went to the premiere. I, 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 I did it in my own, mm. in the comfort of my own home. People tweeted about it though, expressing their opinions. So did they, that, that's allowed. So uh, I mean, we, if we express ourselves in 140 character statements about it, then what can they do? 140. What era of Twitter are you using? I mean, you know, some some people still have apparently the 140 character limit. Um, but yeah, you know the point I'm making. We can express our opinion in small bite-sized chunks. True story, when they re-increased the character limit on Twitter, it was mooted by someone who shall remain nameless in the Empire office that, as a matter of point, we should continue to do 140 characters out of solidarity because they should never have changed it. Chris Hewitt. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Joining Boyd and myself and standing in for Terry this week is a woman who, thanks to an understanding and clear reverence for both subject and history, manages to make an appearance today that is both satisfying to those who have been with her from the beginning of her podcast journey 23 years ago and accessibly engaging to those new to the Beth franchise. She brings with her more sophisticated storytelling than that available to her younger self and takes full advantage of her rich legacy to create a new story that feels both fresh and exciting as well as comfortingly familiar. It's Beth Webb. How are you, Beth? 31. I'm 31 years old, James. Yeah. I'm, I'm making... You're not talking about no, that. No. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Boyd. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. So just enough with the, with the millennial labels. I am woman. I am, uh, I am Beth Webb. <laughs> and I'm very snotty today, so I do apologise um, if that comes through on the microphone. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. 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 Let's press on because, you know... Resistance is futile. So, uh, since we can't talk about Picard in any way, shape, or form, shall we move on to what we have been watching, Boyd? Yes, uh, let's. Um, I have been watching a extremely stupid comedy on Netflix that is so um, it's such a kind of silly, preposterous, over the top, um, borderline moronic, but deliberately so comedy that I almost feel we should bring back Funny or Die, the much missed <laughs> franchise that we used to do, in which we tried to see whether whether James could laugh at a comedy show on TV and could recognise its qualities because he doesn't do comedy, although he does really do comedy because he really likes some comedies anyway. But anyway, <laughs> this show is Medical Police. It's on the Netflix. It's one of those shows that arrived on the Netflix, which I always bang on about, without any fanfare whatsoever, as far as I can tell. Certainly they didn't fanfare it to me, because I hadn't <laughs> heard of it until I found it by accident on the Netflix. It's from, and the creators are David Wayne, Rob Caudry, Caudry, who's an actor who's also in it, and um, these are people who made Wet Hot American Summer, did you ever see Wet Hot American oh, Summer, the film, that. and then subsequently a couple of series on Netflix, the TV show. James is looking at me like I'm mad. You, anyway, the film itself is a, is a bit of a classic. I think a cult classic. The mm. TV show was maybe not quite so good, but still was funny. But this is incredibly funny, borderline airplane, naked gun style comedy. If you like that kind of 
out-and-out spoof of a kind of medical thriller type thing. It's also a spin-off of a show called Children's Hospital, which was only on like WB Online or something. It was like a 10-minute long thing. This, these are half-hour episodes. It's utterly preposterous. It, I, I found it hysterically funny, um, and I warmly recommend it, Medical Police, on the Netflix. And another Netflix show that they also didn't moot at all in any way to me, um, a major television journalist, I mean, it sounds arrogant, but you know, a TV journalist, not even major, is a thing called Cheer, which is a documentary series about cheerleading, competitive cheerleading yeah. in American high schools. And it's not like the kind of cheerleading you get where they're just on the sidelines of, of a sporting event. It's actual proper, comp- it's a thing. Mm. Teams of cheerleaders compete in America. Um, and it's an incredibly skilled, dangerous, people get injured, um, kind of sport effectively. And this is by the people who did Last Chance You. I don't know if you saw any of Last Chance mm. You, which was a brilliant um, documentary series about um, college football. And it touches upon the um, origins and backgrounds of the people who get involved. A lot of them come from very difficult um, families. A lot of them have kind of suffered from depression or abuse or whatever. So it touches upon all of that. It's extraordinarily beautifully filmed, brilliantly made, cheer on Netflix. I'm not being sponsored by Netflix, but those are two. Feels like you might be. I'm not. <laughs> Britbox will be not, very upset. Know, is I all I'm saying. I was being sponsored by Britbox. <laughs> no, no longer. But I'm def- these are just two Netflix shows that are really good and arrived last week. Netflix available in a variety of packages except for major credit cards. <laughs> exactly. And I would also say, if I'm turning this section of the podcast into what stuff have Boyd's done recently, um, I hosted the Space, I had the great honour of hosting the Spaced Marathon Q&A last week at the BFI in London. Streaming live on Netflix. It's streaming, it's streaming live on the BFI website. So if you really want to see me humiliatingly hosting a thing, it's not. But I, so I got to host the thing with all the space people, and space is one of my favourite shows of all time. But I did do a rewatch. I did a James Star rewatch. Did you homework before? Yeah, because I'm hosting Aww. the thing. I'll have to watch it again. So not only did I watch the whole fucking thing again, <laughs> I also watched the documentary on the collector's edition DVD that came out about five years after the series original went out, and that's really interesting about the making of the show. And uh, if you're a space fan, yeah, check it all out. Did it make you want to put on a lemon jelly CD? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you'd, be, you'd be astonished here. I find Spaced very funny. Good Lord. Uh, it's kind of made for you, isn't it? As comedies go, mm. it's a celebration. Referential, arch, you. All of the things yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Super nerdy. Yeah, super nerdy. Yeah. Jokes about pretty... wanking to Gillian Anderson. Just <laughs> yeah. all the stuff you need for good comedy. Yeah, a whole episode about <laughs> episode one of Star Wars. Yeah, oh, right. yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Babylon Files, a big pile of shit. Yes. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. Beth, what have you been watching? Well, speaking about. Wanking and Gillian Anderson. Sure. Weirdly, uh, I didn't quite have the access uh, as YouTube's TV uh, overlord, so uh. I didn't get to see Sex Education season two until this morning, <laughs> where I allowed myself twenty minutes before I went uh, into my office and uh, spilled my cereal. Just couldn't. Is that a euphemism? I'm confused. <laughs> no. Right. Because the nice thing about sex education is they don't really use euphemisms. It's very no, real. They no, they it's don't. It's very real. Mm. Fluids, fluids and all. And mm. by God, fluids. Yes. The, the montage at the beginning of episode one is a sight to behold. So... Good. So your 20 minutes, which is, is, you just got to watch so far, the, as we speak, the first 20 minutes the of season two. The first 20 minutes of... Oh, what a treat you've got. Oh, I can't out. wait. Yeah, the rest I can't of the wait. So good. Oh, God, I'm so... I, it, it upsets me that I don't have more of that to watch. It's yeah, a it's joy. <laughs> it's annoying. It is yeah. a joy. Oh, I'm yeah. rushing it then. So that's uh, that's it. And then a lot of Seinfeld this week. You know, sometimes you're just mm. in a in a Seinfeld state God, of mind. Yes. And so um, I, I revisited that and maintained that Kramer is one of the best television characters of all time. Is Kramer your favourite character in Seinfeld? Uh, I think so. Really? I like to think of myself as the, the Kramer of this podcast. Yeah. Wow. Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> you do is like a something double take at the door? Yeah, it's just yeah. sort of like, yeah. I'm trying to do the, I'm not doing it very well. Maybe I should just dye my hair like it as well. Does that point, are you the Elaine then? Is that? Oh, Elaine is my favourite character. I know it oh, is. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. Legend, yeah. I mean, I, no, I'm of course George. I mean, I'm totally George. I'm a short, bald. I mean, he's not Jewish. <laughs> no. Weirdly, not Jewish in the show because it's all, it's so Jewish anyway. Seinfeld, obviously, Jerry's Jewish. But yeah. They decided to make George not Jewish, even though he's completely Jewish. But there's one episode where he's like, do, he's like Greek Orthodox or something. They decide suddenly. <laughs> and yeah, amazing. But obviously, I'm George. Yeah. I like to think of myself as the pilot TV soup Nazi. Oh, 100%. <laughs> At least you're, aware, you're self-aware. <laughs> I am nothing if not self-aware. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay, good, good, Seinfeld. So I finished season one of The Sinner. 
uh, which yeah. I started watching last week. It's really good, isn't it? Fantastic. Like it's yeah, and it goes, good. it twists, it turns. Yeah. It is really, really bleak and really, really dark and quite harrowing. Yeah. Um. But Jessica Biel, like, who knew? Like, no disrespect, to Jessica Biel, but <laughs> I had no idea. Well, okay, <laughs> a, a small amount of disrespect in the. I never realised the calibre of her acting. Like, she is exceptional in this. And I've always thought, oh, yeah, she's fine. You know, it's mm. good, good, all good. Mm, yeah, but really outstanding in this. It makes me wish she would do more good things. <laughs> yeah, I think I almost think she kind of produced it, didn't she, as well? So yeah, I think she yeah. was like, well, she was creative involved. Like, yeah, mm. I want to do a thing mm. that shows off my acting. And she did. And she mm. was a brilliant thing. The ending of that show all I remember about it is why well, do I remember I can't remember pretty much what happens but I remember thinking this is a if you're a fa- I'm a huge fan of Harlan Coben in fact we should, I think we'll probably be reviewing his thing next mm. week his new uh, Netflix show The Stranger but I remember thinking it's such a Harlan Coben ending to that um, series yeah I, fans will, will know I, 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 I enjoyed I mean? the ending a lot I'm gonna I'm gonna embark upon season two hopefully on the weekend if not next season week season two I loved as well season two I think we might have said at the time when we reviewed it, slightly less satisfying. I don't maybe, think we reviewed yeah. it on here, didn't we? No, because I've never seen it. You must have been away. No, we no, 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 no. It's not been that recent, has it? Yeah, it was like, like it was last year. I think. Oh, not, not the year before, 2018. I think. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe I think it was. Right. Pri- I think it was pre. Is there going to be a third season? Do we? Yes, know? there's definitely a third. Season. Yes. Yeah. Good. Right. <laughs> I'm very excited. No, but this is one of the things I get so excited. Like when I discover an amazing show. Well, this is the whole premise of this podcast, really, isn't it? When I discover an amazing show that I have not seen and I can just binge it like a mofo, and I just it's it's just glorious, absolutely glorious. And normally for me, it's slightly. Obscure. And when I say obscure, I mean obscure to me, but sort of British crime dramas. It'll be something like that. Oh, like Line of Duty, in no way obscure, but I kind of discovered that. <laughs> Whoa, that kind of blew my mind. Or it'll be something like, you know, Happy Valley, I'm sure I'll kind of get sucked into, things like that. Uh, but this, you know, this was quite big, so I was quite surprised that I managed mm. to entirely miss it. You know she's not in season two, but he... I do know that. It's, it's kind of like a semi-anthology, isn't it? Because Bill yeah, Pullman's in Pullman's it. Yeah, yeah Pullman's in it. Uh, have, you watched, have you watched it? I haven't, but I will, especially if Bill Pullman's in it. He's my fine. president, Bill Pullman. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> very much. So. <laughs> Apart from in Independence Day 2. Well, Mary McDonald is my president, so, you know, it's the same. Speaking of which, I have been pressing on... Not the West Wing dude. Well, not he, Bartlett. Yeah, well, okay, yes, he's my him. primary yeah. president, but okay. that that would take me say. to the West Wing, whereas I'm trying to bridge right, right. to Battlestar Galactica. Oh, see, I see. You see what I'm doing <laughs> yeah, here? We always see so, what you're doing. Thank you, Beth. Uh, my rewatch is going apace. I'm now at the end of season two. Lay Down Your Burdens Part Two was the last one that I watched. Uh, and, and and you know, this is not news to anyone in the world, but it is one of the greatest TV shows ever made. So there you go. There's no point arguing with you, is there? No, it's marvellous. Have you ever watched Battlestar Galactica, Beth? I'm scared. Beth, get off the podcast. You can admit it. You can admit it. No, I haven't. Do you, you, I mean, is there any particular reason that you're... Where would one begin? Well, episode one is is traditional. (laughs) You know, I tried. You you fed him that. You fed him that line. Well, actually, yeah, Boyd's about to say, I think you'll find you would start with the mini-series and not episode one, and he would be quite correct, also, there's a terrible 80s version. Yeah, never watch that, He's talking about the... 2003 Ron D. Moore hipster remake, the post-9-11, really dark, really bleak one. There's a two-part sci-fi mini series which is like three hours long that is in fact where you start and not with episode one hot fact (laughs) I'm gonna do it it's a hot fact episode one of Battlestar Galactica is I think the very best episode Okay. The very best uh, episode. It's incredible. That's, that's interesting. 33 it's called. Uh, yeah. But you have to watch the miniseries first or it will make no sense. So I was right to ask. So I was right to you ask right you. You were right to ask. Now so the sass was completely you, I'm, I'm no. asking you about The, the sass was reflexive. <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm turning this into a new slot, which is, has Beth watched this sci-fi show? Have you ever watched... <laughs> what's your Star Trek feeling? How, how up on you on Star Trek? Are you? Oh, I can't even answer. I, the, yes, you can. Oh, look, the chair's broken. Let's oh, yeah, it's the famous on. broken the chair. The famous broken chair, <laughs> yes. It's been broken for months. Um, You know I haven't. You know. No, have you? You never why, why, Beth, are you racist no, no, against no, science fiction shows? Like, where does that come from? What, what deep-seated <laughs> prejudice calls you to, 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 you know, besmirch this genre? Just a, a better use of my time. Wow. <laughs> if ever we wow. wondered whether but Beth you know, was a good replacement yes. for Terry. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he set, he set um, our leader yes. the task. Yes, and she did it. Yeah, of watching right. two, was it two episodes? Two, I gave it, yeah. So of, I, of yeah. Star Trek The Next Generation. She volunteered okay. to watch an episode, and I went back and forth on this on Twitter. I thought, should she watch... The inner light should it be the drumhead, which I'm sure Beth, you would definitely recommend for this. You know, should it be the two-parted chain of command with the Cardassians. And in the end, she was like, "What I not really want, not the Cardassians. Oh, no, don't get confused." You did look excited. Uh, like, oh, really? Uh, Caitlyn Jenner of Borg. It's, it's very confusing. Um, 
<laughs> no, uh, she wanted one that would help ease her into Picard, so yeah. I, so to speak. So I, I gave her Best of Both Worlds Part 1 and 2. Right. Because uh, I thought that would get her au fait with the Borg, so she would then understand more of that as they come into it. The Borg, not Swedish. In fact, a cybernetic alien race. Now, um, Can I apologise for getting, getting us into this? Sorry. <laughs> yes, you began Sorry. this. But she's done fault. it. I blame myself. She did it. To the best of my knowledge, she, she has watched it. this, yeah, and I then unfortunately was unable to make today's podcast, mm. so we're going to have to get into mm. this next week when we talk about Picard. Well, that makes sense, because we probably... Can actually review Picard next week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so okay. that's the thing. So Beth, I can't help feeling that we should be Listen, setting you some homework in the yeah. science fiction front. Is the Jason Isaacs one good? Yeah, Star Trek Discovery is Yeah, famous. I like the Jason can Isaacs I, one. Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I start with that? You can, but my recommendation, if you want a science fiction show, would be yep. watch the Battlestar Galactica remake. Okay. Because I'm not sure you can do much better than that. Is that the... Oh, but if so Beth confused. wants to watch get, get, watch Picard, then 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 watching, you know, a Star Trek thing. Yes. Do we think work? Beth wants to watch Picard? <laughs> mm, maybe. I feel like, you know, I could prescribe you seven years of Star Trek The Next Generation. Right. Or, or alternatively, you could just jump into the Battlestar Galactica miniseries. Right, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Three then. hours, just done. Breeze. And then onto the You're, series. I think this is what was known as humouring him, aren't you? Yeah, fair enough. Are we getting on to news? <laughs> I like it. Are moving on. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> I see what's happened yeah. here. All right, all right. Let's all right fine, fine. fine. Beth, what news do you have? Um... Critics' Choice Awards I wanted to talk about. And, I mean, it's not even surprising at this stage, is it? Fleabag swept the floor, swept the floor with the comedy series. But the bit I really liked is Phoebe Waller-Bridge saying that a large um, source of inspiration for Hot Priest was Jennifer Lopez. Um, really? Yeah, that's really good. She said in, in uh, I don't know if it was an interview or for acceptance speech, that she believed that the Hot Priest's favourite song is Jenny from the Block. <laughs> And it just opened up the floodgates and she was able to write this character as soon as she knew in her mind that that was his favourite song. So she gave a special shout out to... uh that's good. Jennifer Lopez. That's and Andrew Scott won as well. Best, and Andrew which, Scott yeah, won. Yeah, he won, uh, which the, was wonderful. Well, yeah, because he's been robbed of quite a few yeah. awards. Let me just say that. And quite he 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 did win. Yeah, he did win the he I missed award for Actor of the Year. Let me just point that out. Hang on, don't you decide who wins that. Yes. So, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> no, me, um, yeah, me and uh, a, a, a collective of so, top... Um, Boyd's Own Award. Yeah. <laughs> he got the Boyd yeah. Award. But right. that's almost as important as the Critics' Choice Award and the Golden Globe. And also, if anything, yeah, combined. More, more than the Golden Globe. <laughs> and just to be clear, is he or is he not one of your celebrity friends? I know him quite well. So, I'm not, I'm, so I'm much not as I hate to no, do a big corruption deep you. dive here. How dare you accuse me of corruption. <laughs> He was a totally willing and deserved winner of that award. I'm sure he was Not a willing winner. winner of the award. <laughs> Not every winner is, a, is, is I know, personally. <laughs> Leslie Manville, best actress, she's not a friend of mine. Really? Yeah. Best she's a friend of a friend, though, isn't she? No. She just won, quite rightly. All right. Yes. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's move along. Yes. Yeah. So that was great. Yeah, <laughs> pleased with that. Yeah. Um, who else won? Succession was a big winner. Something I liked. Not a lot of Netflix wins, despite yeah, your best efforts, boy. Sorry, boy. Sure. No, yeah. <laughs> they ignored me. Yeah. Um, they swept up on like limited series, but it was nice to see like the morning show got one for Billy Crudup. Succession. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Fleabag, obviously, which is Amazon Regina King for Watchmen. So um, that was that Regina King for Watchmen. You've, you, I think, was the, one of the greatest award-winning thing decisions of the year. Yeah. Because that was late, obviously, very late in the day. It was. Yeah. That, was it our number one show of the year? It yeah. was. Yeah. Um, um, but to, to have to get that recognition from a proper big American award, that's brilliant. Yeah. Especially since it's not looking like we're going to get any more. Watchmen. Yes, that's yeah. news, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, he said that he didn't want to do season two, and HBO said, "Well, if you don't want to do season two, Damon Lindelof, that is, um, then we won't." But you know what? I think five years time they'll do it. I don't know. I'm I I weirdly respect this decision oh, totally and I'm you. on board with it and I think rather than sully it by doing a slightly or very substandard second season just leave it draw a line under it and say this is a great thing we did mm. and just walk away but I bet there'll be a second series eventually because money no no not because of money I just think he loves he clearly loves it so much yeah. Watchmen and the characters they did leave it on something of a, of, of a cliffhanger and I just think he doesn't want to do it now. And if you read his comments carefully, there's room. There's always room mm. for you know to go back to it. So I, I'm fascinated to see what he does next. But I think in five, six years' time, you yeah, reckon yeah, the call would so. be too great. I, I just think you'll think you know why not? Why not just I'll come up with another story that in that universe, in that world? But isn't it the whole thing? Is it supposed to be a real faithful adaptation of the the comic? Does it run out of story? Do you think? Well, it's not. It, it's it, isn't it? I mean, you know better than me. But it takes the character, uses the characters in the world, but mm. actually, it's a completely it's new a story. It's a sequel to it's the a sequel right. to. Yeah, to so the he can do whatever he can. Come 
come up with another story just use it in that world using yeah. those characters um, you know he's at complete liberty to do that apart mm. from pissing off which he's already done Alan Moore Alan Moore <laughs> he's <laughs> never had it yeah <laughs> but I think I think I think they'll be I mean this is pure conjecture on my part mm. uh, another thing that may not be returning Mindhunter mm. yeah that's, you've seen this yeah, yeah. it's been put on indefinite hiatus I believe they've been everyone's been released from their contracts and it may or may not return and I think was it the the statement that uh, your friends and Netflix put out said uh, <laughs> uh, um, that he's uh, he may revisit Mindhunter again in the future but in the meantime we felt it wasn't fair to the actors to hold them from seeking other work while he was exploring new work of his own so there you go, because he's he's doing Mank, isn't he? He's yeah, doing, he's doing his, Mank. He's say, doing this first Netflix film. This isn't like yeah, this isn't like Netflix cancelling the OA. Which no, no, it's the he don't, Fincher's off doing yeah, this Fincher, thing, this and he's as much Fincher as anything. Yes, Fincher's yes. making his dream film, mm. which is from a script written by his dad, I believe, about um, mm. the writer of Citizen Kane. And I cannot wait for this. This is like my, my dream thing because Fincher's my favorite director, and Citizen Kane's one of my favorite films. And the whole idea of making a film about the making of Citizen Kane is phenomenal in black and white. He's going to make it in black and white for Netflix. So yeah, he's doing that, and obviously that's going to mean we'd have to wait realistically a year, two year, two years for another series of that show. And as someone put on Twitter, and I wish I remember who it was because I thought it's, it's in fact, isn't it? It might have been Nick Tassemlian of of Empire fame. It's the, you know if ever a show should kind of peter out without mm. resolving it, it is Mindhunter. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, have I ever told you my theory about Citizen Kane? Go on. Rosebud is not the name of the sled. On. Because, because, and bear with me, bear with me. Where is this child going to get the resources to have the name of his sled stamped into die-cast metal and engraved? It's clearly the name of the company that manufactures the sleds. So actually, the whole film makes no sense whatsoever. That oh my is God, good. did the floor just become the ceiling and the ceiling the floor? I think my whole world just turned around. Give, give James I credit for good that. Yeah. World-class really film journalist, yeah. mate. We might have to watch it all over again. Yeah, And a whole new maybe, light. Maybe. In a whole new light. I hope Fincher knows this thing. Yeah. <laughs> can incorporate <laughs> it into the... Clearly, into clearly, <laughs> you know, Charles Foster Kane wanted to yeah. buy this company and was somehow prevented from it. And that <laughs> is why this constant regret has niggled at him and that's why it's his last word. Amazing. Anyway, anyway. Um, some reboots. Some reboots are coming. Have you seen this? So uh, it's not entirely confirmed, but NBC are looking at relaunching uh, Quantum Leap. Yeah. Something they're thinking of doing. Yeah, Obviously, well, whether I mean, they do it or not, who knows. Fox are considering dusting off t- Prison Break again, for oh, really? reasons unknown. Mm-hmm. But more interestingly, they're thinking of going back to the 24 well. So presumably not in a 24 legacy, but in, in a kind of Jack Bowery way. Bring Bauer back out of retirement again. Right. For another for another mm, season, yeah, I feel a bit like not excited. That's not necessary, no. but sure, no, you know, no. Didn't you see the you the third series announcement? I did see oh, okay. that. Yes. I'm surprised that's not top of your agenda. <laughs> yes, no, I was very excited. I mean, I'm very excited that you is coming. Here's back. a slight spoiler alert because they've confirmed that Penn Badgley's Joe and Victoria Padretti's love, who is the main female lead in season two, is back. I mean, yes. that is a slight spoiler. It so is she, a spoiler. She could have died. So you've just know. ruined it for everyone but, by well, announcing that was in the announcement. This. So what can I say? But I love. They did like, I think we all, have you watched? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Such good fun. Such good fun. And season two, possibly even more good fun than season one. Because love was brilliant. Yeah, love was fantastic. And her brother, by the way, I feel now the most irritating character (laughs) in the history of television. Oh, my goodness. What an absolute I know. Yeah. So, yeah, third season of that is extremely well. Definitely going to be watching that. Anything else? Yes. Now, Zal Batmanglij of the OA film, yes. co-creator of the OA with Britt Marley, did an Instagram AMA this week. Did you see this? No. Uh, ask me anything. Is that a thing? It is now. He did one. Insta- I didn't know it was a thing either, but he did uh, one. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, they're usually done on Reddit. Yeah. Which yeah. I, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love you said that. They're usually done on... I could, I could hear the air quotes when you <laughs> said the- Reddit. <laughs> like, one of your young people's Reddits. Reddit. <laughs> yeah. I've just about got the hang of Instagram, and I follow Zal quite religiously. Yeah. And he did a very interesting AMA. And, I'm, and I actually um, typed out the quote because someone asked him, do you see a future in which you'll ever be able to continue the OA or has that time passed? Which is obviously what everyone wants to know. He answered, I do see a future in which we'll be able to continue, but time has to pass. A new storm needs to brew. Not being cryptic, but for a story like the OA, there needs to be the right conditions. In 2015, there were. That storm has since passed. Perhaps a new storm will form one day. Then someone else asked him, will there be a season three of it? And he wrote, not up to me. Someone else asked him, could you do it in the form of a novel, The rest of the so- tell the rest of the story? Because they've mapped out the rest of the story of the OA, as if it was fans know, in three more seasons. Right. And he said it could, in theory, become a novel. All of the... Bottom line is, I, I was rather 
I felt a huge boost from this thing because mm. basically he's saying the doors aren't closed. It's not a never. We'll no, we won't ever. I think eventually we will see the story told. Because it, it's not really up to him. I think that's absolutely right. It's yeah. because he doesn't own the rights, does he? Ultimately, it's going to come down to either Netflix will do it or they have to release the rights mm. to someone else to do it, mm. whether it be in television yeah. format or, or yeah, some other. Absolutely. Has that happened before? Has Netflix ever released the rights to something that's been scooped up by something else? Like an original? <laughs> I don't know I that, no, Netflix they've done it the other way around. Yeah, it's been the other way around. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and you know, with yeah. Amazon as well, picking up the expansion from sci-fi, yeah. like it happens yeah. a very old bit. But I don't know that Netflix have ever relinquished yeah, something. Interesting. Mm. Exactly. So, I don't know, we'll wait and see. That'd be good. Whether mm. we see it in this dimension or another, oh, uh, would be good. Young Rock. <laughs> Young Rock. Have you heard this? Do you know what I'm talking about, boy? No, You're looking no. at me blankly. Okay, fine. So NBC are doing a show entitled Young Rock, which is based on the young life of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Wow. That's amazing. Absolutely true. Who on earth is going to play him? It's a very good question. I, I hope they just they just youth the rock. Um, although he had very high hair then, so they presumably have need to have some kind of wig. But this How uh, young is young rock in young rock? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Okay. I don't think I don't think it's like everybody hates Dwayne. You know, right. I don't think it's gonna be quite that. Well, that would be amazing. Although that would be amazing. But so the rock uh, put a post on Instagram about this and he said, and I quote, for the first time ever, I'm bringing you along with me to experience my insanely unbelievable childhood, teenage years, and adolescence. That answers your question. Aww. My close friends refer to me as the big brown tattooed forest gump because of everyone and everything that has weaved in and out of my surreal life. I've seen it all, my friends. Success, failure, homelessness, evictions, Suicide attempts, arrests, hard times, good times, low times, high times, and all this shit happened to me by the time I turned 21. So it is everybody loves Dwayne. Yeah. yeah. So turns out I was entirely wrong. It is literally everybody. Oh, no. Yeah, everybody loves Dwayne. Not everybody hates Dwayne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sounds, sounds, I mean, I'm That's down exciting. for this. Because he married his um, high school sweetheart, didn't mm. he? He's, he's, you know, he's, he's super cute. Like, their honeymoon pictures he's were very sweet. Cute. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was super sweet. Super he's super cute. It was super he's sweet. a teddy bear. Yeah. A very large, muscular teddy bear. Yeah. Um, or a bear. Or just, or just a, bear. a bear with a shaved bear. Yes, that's what we're saying. Wow. <laughs> right, what else have we got? Uh, there's a Chucky series order that Don Mancini's doing. Okay, sure. Right. Uh, oh, no, this is exciting. So Dave Bautista is joining the cast of C season two. Oh. I am <laughs> down with I this mean, Throw Dwayne the Rock Johnson and you'll have three giant, literal giants of big, no. muscly I know, manhood. it's amazing. I'm very, very excited about that. Very excited. That's funny. That's great. I mean, he'll be no replacement for Tamakti Jun, the Witchfinder General, but uh, hopefully we'll see more of him Hopefully. Anyway, did you see the um, announcement of the new BBC drama from the people who brought us Bodyguard and Line of Duty? Yes, with yes. oh, yeah. s- sweetheart, I say because I forget her name. Um, Saran Jones. Yeah, is that who you meant? No, no. Uh, Rose Leslie, there Game of Thrones. There yes, she is. It's, the cast is incredible. Yeah. So this is um, from from um, World Productions, who make Line of Duty and Bodyguard. It's written by Tom Edge, who wrote Judy, the film, and The Crown, episodes of The Crown, Strike, one of your favourites. Yes, James, love Strike. Um, and But this is the cast. Saran Jones, Rose Leslie, Sean Evans of Endeavour fame, uh, Martin Compston, Patterson Joseph, Connor Swindells from Sex Education, um, are just a brilliant cast. Yeah, Amazing. and it's all very exciting. And it's about, it's about the mysterious disappearance of a Scottish fishing trawler and a death on board a tried nuclear submarine um, leads to um, all kinds of interesting conspiracy theories. That sounds and, good. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, didn't we get some new cast members for... Lord of the Rings. Oh, loads. We yeah. did, yeah, loads yeah. of them. There's all sorts of stuff going on there, was it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't written them down, but yeah. <laughs> Tom Budge, Owain Arthur, Nazanin, Boniardi, Ismail Cruz, Cordova. Wolfie uh, Clark's in it, which I'm excited for, of Dracula fame. Yes, that's um, exciting. Yeah. Megan Richards, Dylan Smith, Charlie Vickers. There's loads of people in here. Yeah, I, exciting. I'm still not sure what to make of this. No, I am. Um, like, I'm a little bit hesitant because I've been burned before. The Hobbit, and uh, you know, and the Lord of the Rings is one of the greatest cinematic achievements of all time, isn't that right, Boyd? Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> this is like it's in the it's in the top ten, isn't it? We can say this now because this is going out on Monday. But you, you, you've done Empire magazine. Yes, the issue. We'll talk about the new issue of Pilot in a sec. Which yes. comes out the new issue of Empire, which is the hundred greatest films of the century so right? far. Yes, and Lord of the Rings, the thing, Fellowship of the Ring is very is high. What number? Very like high two indeed. or three or something? I, I want to say three, though I yeah. should know definitively. I mean, but 
don't have it in front of me and I can't remember. Whatever it is, it's too high. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's two or three. Although it's, I complete, I, said, I completely agree with number one, which is Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But, oh, come on. Are you a, are you a Mad Max blood and, uh, blood and, are you like, not blood and chrome, that's the Battlestar Galactica thing. Blood and uh, what's it, what's it, what's, what's it, chrome and, chrome and something? The black and white version. The black and white version. Oh, no, no, I like the colour version. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay. I, yeah, but I was fully in favour of that. Yeah, yeah, the films aren't that great anyway, but The I'm, films I'm, are amazing, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> Just because so they're not on long. Netflix, isn't it? They're so long, aren't they? They're so, so long. They're so long. They are glorious. But of course, it's speculative fiction, so I assume that uh, that falls under Beth's anti-sci-fi. Off the you know. love of God. Yes, <laughs> fine. God. I will be the villain for this. <laughs> good, good. Um, I so Amazon announced that the Jack Reacher series has been greenlit. Oh, yeah. I thought this was already happening. Like no, it was it was mooted. Okay, confirmed. Yeah, fine. Yeah. So, but we don't know anything more about that apart from <laughs> that it's happening. That was Beth, listeners. Beth shrugged. <laughs> Beth yeah. shrugged. Reacher said nothing, and Beth shrugged. Yeah. Don't we don't know who Jack Reacher is going to be, though, do we? No. What's who's John Krasinski? Jack Ryan. Yes. Close. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. I just yeah. need to go, don't I? Just no, I had this conversation <laughs> with someone actually earlier this week right. and she made exactly the same mistake. I mean, it is confusing. Was it John mm. Krasinski? It was yeah. John Krasinski, funnily <laughs> enough, yes. I think there was Jack Ryan news, wasn't there? Because I think Showrunners moved on. I think there's a new show. Oh, really? Season three of Jack Ryan, yeah. But um, Jack Reach is much more exciting. After season two, was that Jack the one Ryan that Tom Cruise the West Yes. Tom Cruise yes. is in two films. The first mm. which was really good, the second which wasn't that great, mm. but still quite liked. And as a huge Jack Reacher fan, I think you're on as well. Oh, very much so, yes. Yeah, TV series is very very exciting but we don't know who Jack Reacher is going to be presumably someone actually tall rather than Tom Cruise who isn't and famously in the books he is very yeah it's, it's a, that's a difficult role to cast mm, really difficult he is a man mountain he is a man who famously in one book stops a 22 caliber bullet with his pectoral muscle so you need someone yeah. who feels like they yeah. could do that and Christopher McQuarrie is involved isn't he who, who um, penned mm. the uh, did he even direct what first film I think yes um, so that's exciting because he knows what he's talking about with Jack, Jack Reacher but I wonder, do you think they're even? Do you think they asked Tom? Do you think Tom Cruise is like no, is, no, <laughs> absolutely Why not. not. Why not? No, just <laughs> everyone's doing no. premium TV these days. No, no, and I'm not saying he wouldn't oh, do right. TV. I'm saying they wouldn't ask him to play the role. Oh, I see. Uh, like I don't think it. Like, so okay. We're getting into this. It's the wrong podcast for it, but sure. So no, this is a TV series. It's the right podcast. Fine, but we're talking about Tom Cruise in the film. But so right. so so he like so Jack Reacher, the first one, which is adaptation of the book One Shot. Yeah, is a good film. Yeah, he's great in it. Yeah, but he's not Jack Reacher. Sure. So it's a completely for me. It's a good yeah. thriller. It yeah. works really well. But he is not fundamentally Jack Reacher. Yeah, okay. uh, I agree with that. And then the second film, he is still not Jack Reacher, and the film's not very good either. But. Um, I think you want someone who can embody the physicality yeah, of it. Yeah, and yeah. while I got what Lee Child said about Tom Cruise, you know, actually, you know, he's got all these things going on. It's about presence. Like, all that's true. But ultimately, I think th the one thing that defines Jack Reacher is the fact that he's basically invulnerable. Yeah. And I think, you well, know... No, I remember seeing all those... Um, uh, uh, Action thrillers with Liam Neeson. You know, you know, he did. You know, I kept thinking that he's basically playing Jack Reacher, isn't he? In, in a lot of those films, a kind of surprise, just this kind of enigmatic guy who can do anything, even though you know, he's even though he's of, he's you know getting on he's a not bit. Got and, superpowers. No. But he's getting on a bit. You know, and he can yeah. just fight mm. off people willy nilly, and there's barely any explanation of how he manages to do it. But yeah, so I kind of associate him with a kind of Jack Reacher figure. Mm. I wonder if they'll get someone really famous or someone. Unknown. Un unknown, I think, would make the most sense because, mm. again, I can't think of that many people like Joe Manganiello. Weirdly, Liev Schreiber, I often thought, like Liev had that Schreiber. kind of presence. That's a shout. Because yeah. he's older, which he needs to be, and yeah. he's huge. But who yeah. knows? Yeah. Who knows? Do you want to talk about the Mag Boy? Yes. So the new issue of Pilot TV, Beth, is out on Thursday. I have it Thank you, Boyd. in my hand. You are in it, of course. Y yes. At least once. Maybe, have you, you, you reviewed, I think... Uh, the New Pope. The New Pope. Yeah. Yes, for us. Very, um, oh, that was a lot. I watched that very quickly yeah. and there was there was very busy it's a lot to deal with in that series yes. I've never seen the new Pope it's uh, visually incredible isn't it visually incredible yeah. as as ever the ladies they don't come out, come out so well <laughs> no uh, no there and John Markovich is incredible he's this kind of punk Pope and he yeah. with eyeliner and velvet <laughs> and it's it's very lavish and opulent yeah. and I do quite like hot. it but we should say the cover story is written by you James and it yes is. yes it is Star uh, Trek Picard yes Oh, get out. Exclusive, yeah. Exclusive, lengthy chat. It is. With a whopping great me. It's me banging on about Picard for 3,000 words. And if that doesn't set your pants on fire, then I don't know what will. I read it. 
this yeah. article before I watched episode one of Picard, which we can't review. And and now he's refused to, to watch it. No, so I, gen- no I ge- it genuinely, I, it was incredibly helpful, I have to say. Because it's like, oh, okay, that's from that thing there, that bit there is from that thing there. Yeah, I definitely, it was very handy. So I, I, I urge everyone to have it to, let, to hand before you embark upon watching Picard, especially if you haven't watched Star Trek Next Generation for 20 years. Or any Star Trek or, or any, Battlestar yeah. Galactica. Right, I better pick that up on the way out. Yeah, I? other features include, um, I interviewed the Doctor Who team, Lovely. The showrunner and the gang, apart from Bradley Walsh, who was busy filming. Um, so this was the, the Doctor, Chase. two companions, yes. and the showrunner. And showrunner, Chris Chibnall, yeah. Mm. And they were lovely. We've got an excellent feature on sex education by Rachel Siggy, which is yes. she interviewed all the main people. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, that's very good. I've got a, we've got a Avenue 5 feature with Armando Inucci, who I'm also interviewing for the podcast on Monday, and we should be reviewing that later um, now. Uh, oh, we've got an excellent interview with David Schwimmer. Mm, yes, no for less. Intelligence. Ah. For Intelligence. Mm. What's His he new to? comedy. He's got a new comedy on Sky. About stupid spies. That, which is a silly show, yeah, um, which is very exciting, with Nick Mohammed, who co-created it. Um, in my section, I've got in, I do an Inside Number 9 piece for the new series with Steve Pemberton, who yeah. tells me kind of secrets of that show. Noughts and Crosses, which stars Stormzy, Beth. Whoa. That's coming up soon. It's Noughts and Crosses. Is that something you read growing up? No. Because Ben upstairs who is also a millennial uh, no he's not dead but he is really really hot for Noughts and Crosses apparently this is part yeah. of his childhood he read it he's like really excited about it it's, really it's good, like yeah. big news Mallory yeah. Backman's um, YA trilogy yeah. uh, Baghdad Central feature stuff like that just generally um, oh, and what's the old stuff the wire what's the old stuff in your <laughs> section yes as in I my call section, it the old stuff the old stuff as my section has now been renamed so the best thing it, much as it it physically pains me to say this. Steady. The best thing in that issue is not Ooh. my Picard feature. It Ooh. is Al Horner's uh. retrospective feature on The Wire, which is absolutely exceptional. Uh. Uh, he speaks to David Simon. He speaks to Wendell Pierce. He that speaks to Dominic West. He speaks to loads of people. Oh, wow. Gets really into the weeds of not only where it came from, but its relevance now, how it's grown, how it reflects America, and actually how you know how things have changed and the way Baltimore has changed. Simon's quite good on that as well. It's yeah, it's 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 a really really great piece. Oh, Enjoyed that. A lot. Yeah. There's a good piece on skins piece as on well. Skins, yeah. Um, ah, yeah, which yeah. is I was a big skins fan. Same, same. I've never seen skins. Went on set three times. What? I should have written you that feature. Were you man. in those famous promos where it's a big house party and everyone's still <laughs> getting it? I bet you were. Were you one of the dads who came in? I was one of the dads, yeah. Yeah. We also have the top 10 episodes of Parks and Rec is in there. Oh my God. So uh, I'm not going to tell you what number one is because it would be a spoiler, but okay. you know, that's in there. We've got a floor plan of The Office, which involves there's a picture there of David Brent holding a dildo. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, there's loads of good stuff in here. We also, Cat Brown did a lovely piece on uh, Brian Fuller's Hannibal for yes. us as well. Yeah. So, loads of good stuff in the new sixth issue yeah. of Pilot TV, which comes uh, comes bundled together gratis with the new issue of Empire Magazine on sale from Thursday. There we go. Right. That was news. Yep. Good. Shall we move on to the reviews? Absolutely. Okay. Right. First up, then, this week is Avenue 5, which for the last few months I've consistently been calling Avenue Q. Uh, <laughs> it's not about swearing Muppets. This is, in fact, Armando Iannucci's new comedy, which leaves terrestrial politics behind, opting instead to chart the antics of an interplanetary cruise ship called the Avenue 5, which malfunctions during a month-long cruise and ends up off course and many years away from returning to Earth. Uh, Hugh Laurie stars as the good captain of the ship in a setup that sounds, Beth, you'll like this, it sounds a bit Battlestar Galactica, sounds a bit passengers now it's neither of those things but Boyd is this a great big shiny star or a colossal black hole um, it is I enjoyed it it's um, it is a bit like passengers the comedy Titanic um, amongst the stars is that what yeah, you're referring yeah. to did you really like passengers weirdly <laughs> Oh, God. Right, so anyway. my secret shame is, yes, I gave it four stars. Four and because stars. I did that, they used me in all the marketing and I'm never going to live it down. But Amazing. let's yeah. never speak of that Amazing. again. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's set aboard a, a spaceship in, I think, 40 years into the future, something like that. A long um, spaceship was referred to by one of the people as a flying dildo. Um, so dildos are a theme of this week's episode. <laughs> Thanks, James. Um, and it stars Hugh Laurie as the captain of the ship. And it's about space tourism. So I think it's a really good idea because space tourism is, is, is happening. You know, Branson's got his Virgin, wherever it is, gal- galaxies. That was called Virgin Galactic. I Galactic. There you go. And various other ludicrous multi-billionaires are are mooting, going into space for the sheer hell of it. And so it explores that idea in a very Armando Iannucci way, which is to say that the dialogue is kind of rapid fire. Um, there's a kind of mordant, sarcastic, ironic um, sense of humor that we know well from the likes of Veep and the Thick of It. They created. It's, what's interesting for me about it is, is that. 
I think we associate Armando in recent times, particularly with satire, with political satire. Yeah. So Veep, The Thick of It, um, what was the film called? Into the in the thing in the loop. In Thank the you. Loop. In the loop. Um, one someone someone commented on Twitter this week that they spend most of the show ending finishing my references for me because <laughs> I'm so old and adult. My brain sadly, but he has a great time, and I and I acknowledge that. I don't. I forget things. I forget the name of things, even though it's obviously part of my job. Anyway, what's interesting is we associate Armando particularly in recent times with satire, with political satire. This is him. I feel like kicking back and doing something he really wants to just for the sheer fun of it, which yeah. is to do a sci-fi comedy, a proper sci-fi comedy. And as such, I think it's really enjoyable. It's got people like Rebecca Front doing a really over-the-top American kind of... She's like a stowaway on board and she gets... She's the angriest person on board and she gets really annoyed when the whole thing steers off course and a, and a, and a trip that's supposed to take a couple of months is going to end up being three years, which is the big thing that happens in it. I think the general cast is really funny. Josh Gad, if there's a weak link, <laughs> I'm slightly like... I don't know, I found the Josh Gad character who's like the owner, the billionaire owner of the whole thing who's on board, slightly irritating, slightly obvious and a kind of a kind of typical over-the-top rich person doofus figure. But I really enjoy, I love Hugh Laurie as one of my all-time heroes. Huge fan of House, one of the greatest things ever. And to see him, again, having a really good time with this character um, is just really good fun. So I think it was really good fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Boyd. <laughs> no, as in, I, I completely concur. Zach Woods, I really love, who was Jared in Silicon yes. Valley. Yes. So you'll see him in a lot of kind of American comedies. He's this kind of skeletal, virgin-looking kind of guy, um, but very, very funny. And he's kind of um, the, the cruise voyager leader in this and very funny um i'm glad he's trying new things i am um and he's obviously got david copperfield out this year as well which i absolutely adored and hugh laurie is my favorite thing in that yeah um it's just what a time to decide to steer away from satire what a time <laughs> to be like do you know what it's like if there was a massive global mystery and like and like Sharon was like oh i'll do a romantic comedy do you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's it's such you can't a blame time, him though, can you? and this is what I imagine: is he yeah. just very much has his reasons. Is he's looking mm. at the world in his current state and being like, "Fuck this! I'm going to space, <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to make a comedy that kind of ditches all my usual traits, and we kind of take satire literally into another galaxy." Mm. And I and I completely applaud him for that. But it's times like this where I look to him <laughs> to make me laugh about the things that are very very unfunny, and I just think it's such a. I'm sure it is a very conscious step away from from the current state of things but yeah. it was it's just quite hard to separate him from it and when when they're doing big visual gags there's a very funny bit where they're doing a, a world record attempt for the, the biggest yoga and there's an anti-gravitational hiccup and it all goes skew which with. is like something from Star Trek which is like well I wouldn't know but no. um, I feel like I've watched it all by the end of this yeah. episode so that's fine but um yeah, I think it's great to be ambitious and take out a swear, but there's too many connects to his satire, like having Hugh Laurie and Rebecca Front. I'm waiting for the the biting wit and stuff, and it doesn't come, so I'm constantly waiting for that stuff. Mm. And instead, I'm getting quite a, quite a nice comedy, but just not what I associate with all that's good with Ian Uchi. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it definitely isn't biting, is it? I think it's saying something about authority because there's yeah. a whole thing about, you know, the people in charge of the ship yeah. on all the different levels and the expectations that the passengers have yeah. of them. Yeah, it's very metaphorical and I yeah, like that. And I do yeah. like him trying new things, but I preferred David Copperfield in terms of him sure, doing a really cool, sure. nice period thing rather than this. Yeah. James looks very sly at the moment. By the way, the sets are beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God, the sets are incredible. Yeah. And it's so much fun to see him playing with a bigger budget. Yeah. I'm just trying not to give James a chance to review the show <laughs> that may be for the best I now obviously full disclosure this is a comedy so right out the gate I have a problem with it yeah. it's not funny uh, that's not great um, I, I just I just it was silly it was very silly and I appreciate there is an audience for silly comedy you know, God knows there are enough shows around that trade in that stuff. But this just didn't do it for me. Like, I thought the plot was very, very slight. And also something that's been done many, many times, that kind of idea of being lost in space. I mean, and also in Lost in Space. Um, but <laughs> the characters are extremely broad and it's very sort of snapsing. And there are moments I enjoyed, like Hugh Laurie, I did enjoy. And there's he has a Basil Fawlty moment in this, which I thought was great. And I very much enjoyed that. 
Josh Gad, who is good in many things, is not in this. Uh, his char- <laughs> it's not his fault, really. His character is written as deeply aggravating and yeah. lives up to that. But I just wasn't really invested in it. I, like, I felt hints of Inuchi's other stuff, just in some of the like really dry, deadpan delivery. But it just felt quite uneven to me. Uh, and the space yoga s- sequence with the gravity flip, that almost felt like a cartoon. Like, I thought this is like a Looney Tune. I don't I don't I don't know what's going on here. This is nonsense. It's slapstick. I do not understand. <laughs> I do not understand your slapstick humor. Uh, it's nice to see Neelix, Ethan Phillips getting work. <laughs> so yeah. Star Trek Voyager's Neelix, isn't it? You know, and there were a couple of fun lines in there. I like the, you know, save me a seat. It's going to be at the bottom of the swimming pool on deck. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, that made me laugh. Uh, and also the bit when uh, you know, there's a bit where is, is this the figure or a phone number we call to get the figure? Like that's funny too. So there's good writing in there in terms of the dialogue. But that yeah. sounded so. It's good writing there. Well done. <laughs> okay, all I'm saying, all I'm yeah. saying is that I, like, I know I, I'm not the, the you know the judge on comedy, and people should probably bear that in mind. But I think Armando Iannucci has been much much better than this. And while I don't want to play the proxy card, I did speak to Terry. She did watch this, and all I will say is she did not enjoy it. Oh, you've played the proxy card. I've played the proxy card. Right. I've not That's done the not impression fair. of Terry. That's not fair. Uh, but she, she, oh, think, she wasn't a huge fan. Okay. But I think best point is, is key is that it's different. It's, he's trying, he's not trying, yes. he's just, and, all, and, no, and credit for that. Yeah, credit for that. Yes. He could have done another mm. satirical comedy about prime ministers being walking into fridges to avoid going on morning yes. television. But that's happening in reality, so we don't mm. need it. Um, <laughs> and I think he's just gone, look, I, you know, I've always been into this kind of thing. It's like his Dickens, you know, he's reached to the point. I think if you're Armando Iannucci, and we'll find out on Monday what talk to him but you know I know he's obsessed with Dickens so he's got to do he's, yeah. he's become successful and powerful enough thank God because he's an absolute huge talent to be able to do some things he's always wanted to do and I feel in, in, you know I think he's always been into sci-fi and, and HGOs and stuff and this feels like and I and I've, I can the pleasure it's a very pleasurable watch for me even though it's not I don't think it's trying to be as sharp no. and as punchy in the same way as those satirical political shows were and I, and I like the. I think it feels fresh and different I think also like I'm very interested to hear the interview you do with him on Monday because I want to hear where this will came from and the thought yeah. process behind it and we, that might reframe it slightly but also you have to understand from my point I'm like there is nothing funny about science fiction how dare you make fun of this so why don't I watch the Orville I'm like fuck off oh, how so dare you piss uh, in my swimming pool but, so you're not a fan of any kind of sci-fi comedy like I enjoy Dwarf. Galaxy Quest well, yeah but no it's different so well, yeah, I, feel, I feel I it's, it's literally it's, physically recoiled <laughs> yes no it's different it's just that there's there's an uh, there's a hint sometimes especially because they're playing with a with a sci-fi trope here the kind of lost in space trope yeah. You know, there, there's like satire can either be, you know, arch observation and affectionate or it can be somewhat sneery. And this didn't seem to have the sort of affectionate satire of sci-fi that I enjoy in science fiction satire. Like, I don't get the impression that Armando Iannucci is a massive Trekkie is what I'm saying. I think he might be. Oh, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll if find he is, out, then yeah. I will I eat my was, words. I certainly don't think it was sneery at all. Mm. No, 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 absolutely not. No. It's not, it's not it's sneery in that way. In, it's, it, anyway. But it's not embracing it in a loving way. Oh, all right. <laughs> God. Good Lord. Anyway, Good Lord. Avenue 5, and we have a big feature of an Avenue 5 in Pilots. Yes. You can find out more about it there. Uh, Avenue 5 drops on Sky 1 on Wednesday, the 22nd of January at 10 of the p.m. Next up this week is season two of Hulu's Shrill, which drops on these shores on the BBC. And this is a continuation of the show based on Lindy West's book and stars A.D. Bryan as Annie Easton, a woman trying to make her way through life on her own terms with, I think it's fair to say, mixed success. Terry is not here, but out of respect to her, I will not use the words hot or mess at any point while describing <laughs> this. So I will say, Beth, what, what say thee to this one? Loved it. Hot mess or not mess? Not mess. It's not a mess. It's not. Mess. Stop it. <laughs> uh, it. I loved it. I, I'd seen. Um, I think it was one of the best comedies to come out of last year. Uh, it's all on iPlayer. Um, if you get a chance to go and watch it, if you haven't got much time, the the fourth episode has something. It's called Fat Babe Pool Party, um, and it had me in, in floods of tears. It's just such a wonderful, uplifting, inclusive look at what it is to be fat basically um but never at the sacrifice of comedy but it's never at the expense of i don't know you look at people like uh, melissa mccarthy and her like comedy acting or rebel wilson and how they're always cast in these kind of fat funny roles it's the first time i've actually seen a properly written fat character with Mm. feelings and insecurities and and actually the struggles the daily aggressions of being overweight like not being able to get normal clothes not being able to buy like a plain skirt because they're just not available in those sizes and how she's treated 
differently by people who think they're doing the best things for her, but not at all. But then it's also so funny. We've got uh, Lolly Edifope, uh, who's a British stand-up, has an amazing um, partner as her kind of best friend and flatmate, and they have a really beautiful friendship together. Um, yeah, very open, very painful, but never sacrifices having fun. And I love A.D. Bryant. She's one of my favourite people from Saturday Night Live, and uh, I think she was just meant to be in this role, and she was amazing. So, yeah, big, big fan. Boyd, yeah, it's based. It's based on Lindy West's um, yeah. kind of memoir, isn't it? Um, yep. uh, Shrill notes from a loud woman, and part of the kind of whole idea of it is not is exploring what it is to be a, a fat woman, and also that she's decided to be um, like to be herself, to kind of not kowtow to you know the expectations of society. Even in also, she walks out of her work, which she's got a really irritating boss, I have to say, played by John Cameron Mitchell, um, rather brilliantly, because he is so he is so the kind of obnoxious aggressive aggressive boss yeah. in some ways so I thought he was really well observed it is it does I'm interested to say what James says because there is, is there are, it's in the bellend world <laughs> there are quite a few bellends and in fact as, as I was alluding to part of the whole trick of it in a way is that she's a bit of a bellend and she's embracing her bellendering <laughs> um, hence the title like the, you know people women accused of being shrill yeah. if they are strong and don't take shit from people yeah. in their lives she embraces that yeah. and so there are uh, and, and the bellendry element of it I think is very convincingly done yeah. as in she does things that you think no that's a ridiculous thing to do but actually completely go along with it and believe it and believe that she would I feel the whole thing is stolen by Lolly Adifope who is British and does her British accent and she's you, she's been in stuff like she's in This Time with Alan Partridge she had a brilliant weekly slot on This Time with Alan Partridge one of the funniest things of the show she's hilarious and she's so good in it as the best mate, the flatmate. Um, and I, yeah, I think I think the cast is great. I love the parents as well, played by Julia Sweeney from Saturday Night Live, legendary figure, and Daniel Stern. Yeah. They're really interesting, like weird, eccentric kind of uh, people. It's just got a really rich cast of characters. I really enjoyed it. I think I could probably be, if I was being hypercritical, it could probably be slightly sharp. I feel slightly about this, the dialogue in this, as to what you maybe were saying about um, the Amanda Mucci show. I, did, I think it could be funnier. And I think maybe it's erring on the side of realism. Like I think oh, everything that happens in it is just about believable and not. So it's kind of avoiding being almost too hilariously laugh out loud funny because that would possibly send it into territory that is a bit too ludicrous. But for me, some of it could be sharper and funnier. But generally, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, here we oh go. Oh God. And I, okay, so it's another comedy. So again, we have the Bad same problem. Week for you. It's not a great week for me. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. I thought. I thought it was charming. I didn't in places. This one for the poster. Um, I didn't love it either because it didn't make me laugh. I, I did enjoy moments with Luca Jones, a.k.a. homeless Colin Firth, uh, who plays <laughs> her boyfriend, uh, a bit involving a gun, which made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, it's bold, and I think it is trying to do new things, and I think it's well made. I think, I, I again, it, the Bell End Test thing, it definitely fails the Bell End Test. That's mm-hmm. unfortunate. But equally, like it starts, it's quite full on. So this picks up where season one ends, where she's just confronted her troll. Yeah, that's it were. great. That's a good story. Which yeah. seemed like I saw that in the kind of almost like the previously on thing. I thought, oh, I really would like to have seen that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is the aftermath of that. There's a lot of shouting in the first five minutes. Like it's a bit of sensory overload there. I was a bit like, what's going on? And why is everyone yelling at me? <laughs> like it gave me anxiety slightly. And they go off on the lamb, and and then some funny stuff happens. You know, meets up with the dad and whatnot. And so there's, yeah, I, I, I was. I was enjoying trying to piece together the various character relations. I wonder if I'd seen season one, I think I would have joined this a lot more because I think I was playing too much catch up in this. And, you know, when you look at her job, I got the impression that she'd walked out of her job. Presumably this is something that had happened. But obviously having not witnessed that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm playing catch up a bit. Yeah. So It's all on iPlay. You could have just watched I could it. have done, boy, yeah, but that, I, that mean, I mean, obviously it's a level of... A uh, few episodes of Balstar Galactica to watch. <laughs> What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Exactly. So no, I didn't watch season one. All I would say is, I think it's very well made. I think it's well written. Uh, I think she's very, very, very good in it. Mm. I didn't find it funny. But take from that what you will. Yeah. Yeah. Take that as a recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Glowing recommendation then. Yeah. There we go. The brilliant and hilarious shrill. (laughs) This drops on BBC Three on Saturday, January 25th and contains the line, I'm not off the rails. I am the rails, which is what I'm going to have put on my business card. 
Finally this week, we have the third season of Netflix's Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, a show that I have not been keeping up with, uh, but very much enjoyed when we first when we watched the first season and reviewed that. And quite frankly, it was either this or season four of Riverdale to review this week, <laughs> and because they both take place in the same universe. But this one has added Satan and Michelle Gomez, and I'm saying that kind of pips it over the edge. Mm. This picks up from the season two finale in which, I am told, Sabrina bested the Dark Lord himself and sent him back to hell, albeit banishing her boyfriend at at the same time, which is nothing like Buffy at all. Boyd, what do you make of that? Do you know, I think it's actually season two. It's part three. Well, so they yes. say that, it's but Netflix, season. Netflix have billed it as season three. Part because, three, yeah, not season three. Oh, yes, yeah, season. Yeah. Okay, so, so they it's had one same. season. They split it in two, yes. and they called it parts one yes. and part two. Yes. And then this is another season, but they're calling yes. it part three. Yes. So this is season two, but yeah, part three exactly. of three parts. I just don't want the fans. I don't want the Sabrina right. fans to get on your back. Yes. That's all I'm saying. You're quite right. It is not season three. Um, it is part three. It is a peculiar way of of so they're dividing the seasons into two. Like sixteen episodes, and there will be. This so this eight. is going to be part three and part four. Yeah, exactly. There will, oh. And then there's be, like yeah. Christmas specials. Yeah, and Christmas specials. Exactly. Yes, there yeah. was a Christmas yeah. special. Yeah, it's a lot right. to take in. Mm. Anyway, I think um, I have not watched. I watched most of season one. I'm pretty sure, or at least the first mm. half, part one. Most of the first half of season one, aka part one. Yeah. I didn't watch part two or the Christmas special. The, no, I think I did watch some of the Christmas special. I think we might have even maybe even reviewed it. Maybe not. I can't remember. Anyway, I watched some of it for some reason. <laughs> uh, it is it is one of those shows where. If you lose track of the rules, like, I'm not sure what the rules are of how the characters get from one bit of reality to hell to the afterlife to some part of other part of the universe that is neither and I'm not sure when they do go from one place to another what powers they've got and which people are witches and which people are wizards and which people have and who who's god and who's you know I mean it's very confusing if you don't have if you don't recap yourself what's going on having said well, that well boy they are available on Netflix you could have watched them <laughs> I could have it would have been like eight hours to catch up on yeah which is which I didn't have time for because I wasn't watching episodes of Battlestar Galactica <laughs> um, but having said that I do appreciate the quality of it I think it is it's, it's, it's beautifully made like this production design is incredible it's like lavish lush stuff I, there are so many weird things about it like there's all these characters speaking incredibly posh English accents for I don't know why like clearly Americans I mean um, yeah. there's people going oh yes I'm going to speak like this in a really kind of over-the-top, slightly comical, um, exaggerated way. Um, there's an incredible number of half-naked, uh, very handsome young American actors in it. Um, half-naked for no reason whatsoever. I mean, you know, fair enough. I mean, it's about timing, you know, I guess, you know, from this like a kind of female gaze thing going on there. Um, and they're just strutting around, talking in posh accents with their tops off, <laughs> saying strange things on beaches and just like granting people wishes or telling them not to do certain things. It's weird. It is cheesy on one level and yet it's so kind of lavishly made quite well acted by some quite good people that I kind of enjoyed it but it is a weird thing that, a that weird may show. be the best damning with faint praise I've ever heard quite well acted by some quite good people <laughs> boy it's like it's the apotheosis of mediocrity <laughs> oh steady steady I mean Lucy Davis is in it for example, she is yeah. also Richard Coyle in this Richard Coyle gives brilliant Lucy Davis yes. there is a period right. where, where for reasons we won't go into um, Lucy Davis looks like Richard Coyle and therefore he has to adopt Lucy Davis mannerisms and does it flawlessly. Michelle Gomez is great when yes. she when she just plays the the evil thing that she is in it. She's fantastic. Yeah, but. yeah. Yeah. It, it's quite dense, I think, if you haven't been following it. But it is charming, and I really enjoyed this when it started. I think this is also good. There's a period in the middle of this. We should point out this takes place in part in hell, so everything's a little bit odd in this episode. And I didn't like some of the, what I felt was just, again, just a bit silly, like the demon things, lots of prosthetics and makeup, and it was all supposed to be it. It was supposed to be, like, horrific without actually being horrific, and I always think you're in dangerous territory there, because if you try and do horror without making it horrific, it just looks stupid. And so there's a there's a hint of that in the middle of this luckily it does rally that's just a dip in the middle and I think it goes on but again if people are watching this they'll continue watching it it doesn't look like it's taken a dip in quality it actually looks like they've kind of evolved the mythology quite a lot and I you know I respect that it's good uh, you know it's a good show I, I obviously am behind I haven't caught up I almost certainly won't carry on because I need to catch up first and let's be honest Battlestar Galactica is not going to watch itself <laughs> but it's good <laughs> Beth have you did you watch season or did you watch part one part two or oh, you know God. any of those I watched about five hours 
of it at the beginning, right. whatever, whatever we're mm. calling that. Um, the beginning. That's smart one. Yeah. <laughs> and I maintain the most the most boring part of the chilling adventures of Sabrina is Sabrina. She's so yes. dull. Yes, that's and true. And I know she has to be kind of the straight arrow and it has to be her very straight journey of transition so that everyone around her can be faintly ridiculous. You can't have a faintly di- yeah. ridiculous protagonist and then everyone around her mm. be faintly ridiculous. But like that and the kind of human aspect Greendale is the is the human side of the world and then there's this like like Hogwarts in it I can't remember what it's called is it um, the Unseen University or something or is that, actually that's that's Terry Pratchett um, probably something something of that ilk uh, that's when it's really good fun when you've got um, Michelle Gomez who is my favourite thing in Green Wing uh, you've got uh, a guy called Chance Padermo who is this pansexual warlock I mean mm. that's cool um, <laughs> it's basically more pansexual warlocks please <laughs> but that that's when it kind of comes alive is with these crazy it's like if Buffy's baddies had like their own show which yeah. is I mean we wanted the Drew and Spike story we didn't want Angel <laughs> did we so that that's what we've got here but the more it kind of goes into the human world and it models it up with that the more boring it gets Harvey Kinkle I'm not here for they've put him in a band now I think to try and give him some sort of oh, yeah, personality funny, and it's yeah. not it's not working the for band anyone aren't working, nah no. nah um, <laughs> so I'm not really into that so I'm, I'm, I'm into everything else Miranda Otto is Zelda and obviously um, Lucy Davis is Hilda which are cool like I love the original Sabrina so I love the witches there as well so yeah no the more human it got the more boring it got is my conclusion it is quite dark though there's a little girl that nearly gets her heart eaten yeah it's darker yeah. than you expect I remember this from watching the first one. I was like, it's it has a tone, but it it's edgier than you that it has any right yeah. to be. And I think it's partly that I don't feel. It, I think it's a slight problem though, because when it gets really dark and quite gory, you know, and and, and quite out there visually, you still got some kind of quite glib little kind of comedy moment coming up or, or just not or, or just fantastical moment that kind of undercuts mm. it's constantly undercutting its own scariness I think so it's never ever scary for even a second yeah. even when it's being kind of gross out or whatever I don't feel it's, it's ever it's a hard thing scary. to do I always think Joss, Joss Whedon was the master of this the way he could yeah. go from glib to yeah. really bleak yeah, absolutely. and it never feel jarring and seamlessly transition between those two states Yeah, and uh, I think maybe it's because as you say she is such a kind of blank at the centre of it that you just, I'm just not that bothered about her. So you don't. Right, so it, no, no matter what, and she, and again, she can pretty seemingly do anything almost. You know, like in that in that first episode, she ends up kind of ruling the roost, practically, doesn't she? At the end, and you're like, well, this has already been resolved for me. <laughs> don't need to carry on. No, exactly. All right. Well, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. This drops on Netflix on Friday, the twenty fourth of January. Also out in the next seven days, also we should mention Picard also drops on Friday the 24th of January, more importantly than any of these things, except we can't tell you about it. Uh, also out um, is Yellowstone, is dropping on Paramount Network on Monday, January the 20th, today. Um, what is that, Boyd? I feel it's a western. It sounds like James. a western, yeah, doesn't I it? I think it's got quite a good western. For yeah. all we know, it's a documentary about Yellowstones, but... It's definitely a, a dramatic <laughs> If you want to watch that, go nuts. Yeah. As in sort of a Connected to Sabrina, the new season of Riverdale also drops on Netflix. This one drops on Thursday, January the 23rd, the day before Sabrina. Uh, so if you want to catch up with the Riverdale lights, do that. The Ranch is another thing dropping on Netflix. That's on Friday the 24th as well. That's a comedy boy. Yeah, that's a pretty terrible sitcom. It's, it's a terrible one. sitcom. Yeah. There you go. There's a recommendation for yeah. you. And thus ends the section we call Shows James Deems Too Shit to Watch. <laughs> yeah. um, right, pick of the week. Beth, would you like to choose as our guest? I'll go shrill. I absolutely love it. Uh, Avenue 5 for me. Yeah. But I like shrill a lot. The you, only answer. The only answer is Star Trek Picard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I the agree only with that, answer. Really, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Shall we, before we go, as is our want, do a brief banshee, Boyd? Do you have we, something? I do have something, but I, I want. I need to check because is, is there a list? Is there? A, I do have, have a spreadsheet. spreadsheet. Yes. Have you, I, I do I have a spreadsheet. Oh, okay. Because we may have done this before. Have we done Enlightened before? I'm checking. No. It's possible. It's possible. I don't have the list in front of me. I have no doubt okay. our readers will inform you if you've done it before. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Any, but there is a listeners, I'm, listeners, not readers. Yeah, this, is a li- this is an auditory listeners. medium. Anyway, there's a reason I'm choosing it. <laughs> Enlighten was a very, very good American co- uh, HBO show co-created by Mike White of various very good films fame and Laura Dern, mm. who recently um, won Golden Globe for Thingy. Um, and um, she, uh, best supporting actress in that yeah, film. Thingy, I love Thingy. The it's marriage great. story, marriage story. Mm. There we go. Um, <laughs> 
Anyway, this was like a showcase for her brilliance. Um, it was an HBO show say, in 2011. Only lasted one season because it was not a hit. It was not successful, but it was very highly acclaimed and she was brilliant on it. And she basically played, and it's a little bit like um, uh, what happened to She walks out on her job, on a particularly good job, but she gets furious because she misses out on promotion. And it's about her attempt to kind of put her life back together. She has a breakdown um, and it's kind of, it's basically like a character study of a woman trying to make, live in this mo- in the modern world with all the pressures, the daily pressures that are on her. But what, the reason I particularly picked it is because Zal Batmanglage of the OA fame in that AMA on Instagram was asked, "Is there another show that was cancelled in TV history that you wish had lasted, had had been could be resurrected?" And he said, "This show." He said, um, "Enlightened," and uh, and it was really good. It reminded me of how good it was. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm obsessed with Laura Dance. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah I've heard show. good things. I've never watched Enlightened, but I, I've I think I've spoken to a number of people who said you must watch this. It's the most amazing show. But again, when something gets cancelled, your will to go back, yeah, knowing that it will never be resolved, is sort of sapped slightly. Yeah. But uh, oh yeah. Good, good, good Thanks. choice. Assuming you haven't already done it. I don't think I've done it. Someone might have done it. Oh, I know I have. Someone else done it. might have done it. Terry could have Terry done it. Terry might have done it. In the days when she did do Banshee. Exactly. Before she before Banshee. she became a conscientious objector yeah. to Banshee. <laughs> which is Beth's job this week to judge our Banshees. So mine, uh, I want to talk about the Chicago Code. Did you ever watch the Chicago Code? Rings a bell. Rings a bell, I don't know what it is. So this ran for one season only, 2011. It was on Fox in the US. It was Sky One over here. And this had Jennifer Beals in it as sort of the first female police superintendent of Chicago. Uh, She played this character called Teresa Colvin. She's kind of tasked with clearing up corruption, dealing with the institutional misogyny within the police force. And she leans on her former partner, played by Jason Clark. Uh, He's he's an anti-corruption officer called Jarek Wasocki. And... um, the, the kind of the corruption in Chicago, it all sort of centers around Delroy Lindo. He's this sort of conniving alderman named Ronan Gibbons, which is a fantastic name. And he has his fingers in every single pie. And the, the sh- sort of uh, dialogue f- showdown she has with him are fantastic. The scenes that, that Beals and, and, and Lindo share are great. Uh, this was actually created by Sean Ryan, and it's got his fingerprints all over this. So it's not quite up to the Shields caliber, but it has that same kind of grit to it. Uh, Beals, I think, is a standout in this as a kind of no-nonsense super, but there's loads of fun in this. And like J- Jason Clark is great. He's got this wayward niece who forms a part of it as well. Um, but the story I found, the reason I liked it, is it's, it's quite gratifyingly complex. Like, it's a really involved story. Loads of moral grey areas, and um, it hits the political corruption angle quite hard but it had, it had this slightly odd voiceover they used I think they were aware that the plot was quite opaque so they used this voiceover device to kind of unravel it for you so that you could keep up which is you know helpful but slightly distracting anyway Ryan wanted this to feel like his whole thing when he did this he wanted the viewer to feel like they were in the back of the police car like it was a ride along thing and the working title for the show was in fact ride along so it has that very down to earth uh, feel to it great writing great characters low ratings hence mm-hmm. cancelled only lasted one season, but you can buy season one on Amazon. So if you feel the need, do that. The Chicago Code. Go. Both one season one as we've picked this week. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. No, I feel like it's it's like harsh to get you to pick one of those. It is. Beth. It is like Sophie's choice right yeah. now, looking between. A little both. bit like that. Um, but if you want to pick in line, that's fine. Just <laughs> I do want to feel the dern. Yeah. So yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> feel the dern. That's yeah. good. So that's a headline we should use. Yeah. Feel the dern. That's brilliant. <laughs> Very good. Boyd wins again. Brilliant. Um, Right. Well, I guess that's it for another episode of the Pilot TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed it despite our not being able to review the most important show of the week. But please do tune in next week when we will attempt to address that particular injustice. Uh, In the meantime, why not head over to iTunes or, you know, wherever you get your podcasts uh, and leave us a glowing review and not, not a one-star rating like Bobby in Japan did when he said, and I quote... F-words are the only adjectives, verbs, and nouns they know. One star. (laughs) Awful. It's good if you like swearing and the opinions of people who watch a lot of TV and have little other cultural knowledge. That may be aimed at me. I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thanks, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to follow us on social media at James C. Dyer, at Boyd Hilton, and at Beth K. Webb. We will be back next week with more telly. And I want to say, is Curb Your Enthusiasm next week, Boyd? Do you know what it is? But I don't think we're going to get to see it. I think it's going to be a a game of. Curb is like the Game of Thrones of comedy where they they like to keep it back. (laughs) They don't like like critics watch it in advance. (laughs) 
in purely in that way. Wow. The yeah. Game of Thrones of comedy. I, yeah. I mean, I've only ever watched one episode of Curb, yeah. and it should come as no shock I didn't enjoy it. No. So oh. I was I was wondering whether you'd be able to curb explain to me that oh, this could be you a... You know what? Like, I can't wait, but I don't think we're going to get it in advance. I've already asked. And oh. like, mm, don't think so. All right, yeah. well, we'll see. We'll see what I'm happens. I'm going to beg. Yeah. We'll the hope for the best. episode of oh. Curb Your Enthusiasm exactly. is poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I was about good. to say, you know, at least next week we'll be allowed to talk about the shows that come out. No, but clearly no. not. No. <laughs> clearly not. Until then, we shall adhere by our embargoes and say nothing except that Picard is absolutely excellent. Pilots out! Mm.